0: Well, it's morning here, whatever. This is a bonus episode where we will be continuing our conversation with Nathan Gray, a representative of the Church of Satan. He is also the front man of the band's Boy Sets Fire, I Am Heresy, and most recently the Nathan Gray Collective. Check it out. Oh, and uh, before I forget, I should say it still sounds like shit, by the way. So, given that you're a Satanist, how's that become incorporated into music?
1: Oh, it's Changed in uh, in in my music, at least. I try to steer away from being too "quote unquote" goofy thing. You know, Uh, you have too many bands out there that just use the 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 philosophy and the I guess they use the aesthetics of it without giving nod to the philosophy. It's great drama. It's great theater. Yeah, but I don't fault anybody for doing what they do because that's them. Right. I don't need to sit around and bitch about what other people do because I have my own thing. But for me, that is a pet peeve of mine, and I don't want that in my life. I, now, I will, of course, I, I incorporate skulls and ritualistic things within my stage show and, and, and speak to it a little bit with the music, especially with the Nathan Gray Collective stuff. I have tried really hard to put the philosophy first to put the tenets first and make it something different than what people are used to seeing from a famous right because people are used to seeing this you know the pentagrams and the hail fate every fucking five seconds yeah. and just <laughs> the corny D&D wizards and dragons crap. <laughs> like after a while it just gets old it's not shocking anymore you know what's shocking telling the fucking truth that's what's fucking shocking is, is to get up and, and show people
0: what's real. So, how do you feel, boy? You know, Boy Sets Fires has changed or morphed since your first EP in 1996.
1: I think that uh,
0: mostly the way it's changed is everyone's grown up. There's still that energy,
1: but we have a more mature take on what we're changing and what we're saying. Um, it, it, there's no more of just that simple "fuck well, the government," man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about both the government or the system. It's about what the fuck are you doing? How are you changing yourself and your life and the lives of those who you care about? And then how is that extending out from there? It, it, it's a more internal-looking situation anymore. Now, uh, you know, a voice such Fire, most recently, we're, we're finishing up these shows coming up and this tour coming up, and after that, we're going to take a a break for probably a pretty good amount of time while we're doing other things in our lives and I'm pursuing the solo stuff for. I think that's part of it, though, is part of that growing up and part of that deciding to follow what I want to do is for us as friends to say, hey, let's be great friends, and I mean, we live almost right next door to each other. Me, Josh, and Chad literally live next door to each other. It's like a little commune around here. Mm-hmm. So as friends, that's never going to change, but I think that, you know, I need a platform to speak on things that maybe they're not comfortable with, yeah. you know? Uh, I don't think that, you know, they would be super comfortable with me turning voices fire into a mouthpiece for statements. that <laughs> I don't blame them because it's not that. You know what I mean? Uh, But I need to be, I guess I need to be in a less democratic band. you know? I need to be in something where I can just control it and say what I want to say and do what I want to do without being so damn careful all the time that I don't offend the other guys I'm doing it with.
0: Totally understandable. Vance and I have been in bands for years, and I... um I gave it up cause, because of that reason. I just, uh, yeah. sick of copying. I just, I just <laughs> learned to play I learned to play all the instruments and produce and everything because I got so sick of dealing with other people. I was like, you know, did the trend wizard thing. Yeah. And that's why I'm working with Dan Swift. my, my friend Dan, who does
1: the solo material with me. Um, and hence why it's called the Nathan Gray Collective and not just Nathan Gray because it felt weird saying it was all me when it was actually two of us. You know, he is a big industrial guy. And he learned all the stuff on his own. He's got—we have our own studio. We, have, you know, what I mean, all that. So, you know, we just go in, we play all the instruments, we do our things, and then, why, if we need to hire people to play extra instruments, we just hire them. Right. You know, fewer moving parts, fewer broken pieces.
0: So what is out uh, of, let's, let's, uh, with Boy Set fire, uh, which one is your, what's your favorite album and what's, what is, would you say your favorite song? And I know as a artist myself, that's asking you to like kill, you know, four out of your five children and, and, you know, right. and, be, and be like because I like them all, but. I mean, I'm sure there are, like, maybe there's one that really speaks to you that's, like, super personal, lyrical.
1: Well, I think that, um, you know, I, I think any artist that doesn't say it's their newest album probably shouldn't be making music anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, your newest album that you put out should be your favorite. Sure. And if it's not, you should probably quit. The newest one is most well, certainly is a self-titled album, and it was certainly... My favorite so far. Uh, my favorite for a long time was The Misery Index. Okay. Uh, and then we, we did this album, that's like, and this one's really caught on. I think my favorite song on that album is Fall from Grace. I think mostly because it's very personal to me. I guess it's open to a lot of interpretation. It doesn't have to necessarily be about falling from grace with religion. It doesn't have to be about politics. It doesn't have to necessarily be about a social structure or anything like that. It can be all of that.
0: Out of all the uh, voice that's fire stuff, I mean I my favorite track is is you know high wire escape artist. Bleed out all, Seriously. Dude's got pipes. I'm gonna let this play through the first course. About,
1: we've played that live maybe once or twice like a long time ago when that album came out. Funny enough, um, that album is probably I think due to the re- the recording process of it probably one of my least favorite albums that we've done. <laughs> I love and I love when we play them live, but uh, because of the fact that we went through a lot of hell and sort of fell into this douchey like going out to L.A. to record things, thing. It, it just has a bad taste in my mouth. But I want escape artists dealt with a very personal issue of my own struggle with panic attacks and anxiety disorder uh and things like that. And it was sort of a ritual of getting that out, you know, which is what most music is. It's You take things that you hate, love, lust after, fear, and it's it's like your own psychologist and psychiatrist couch. Although I like to not, I like to leave it a little open because I feel like what is music if other people can't connect to it? I am heresy. Came out right as I was sort of figuring out that I was a Satanist. You know. think he's upset well let me let me take it even further than that it was more when i just started realizing i was an atheist and with satanic tendencies you know what i mean (laughs) Um, so i i had a lot to be angry about and i wanted to take it out in a in, in a heavy way you know i feel like it's something that maybe maybe a lot more atheists should do as opposed to attacking people online and being <laughs> jackasses. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that I have an issue with, but new atheists are just as bad as new Christians. Thank you. They're fucking yeah. annoying. They're it's annoying. They're not just obnoxious little shitheads. Agreed. Like, uh, going on and attacking people online, like, shut the fuck up. Nobody gives a shit. You don't need to go after people. Right. Like, you're not going to enlighten anyone by calling them an idiot. Just shut up for a little bit until you get a little more mature in your, in your ideology. So, anyway, uh, I, I messed, I played into that a little bit when I first became an atheist, you know, lashing out at the world because I was angry. But I tried my damnedest to put it into something positive, and that's what I inherited was, was me screaming out the anger and the frustration of being lied to for so long. My favorite track from I Am Heresy um, would have to come off of, I mean, the full length Thy Will, I, I love a lot of the songs off of that, but we put out an EP before Thy Will, okay. but basically it was an ode to Lucifer, the archetype thereof. Right. So um, on that album, there is a song called High Mind. Simon, who's twenty two now, was actually in that band with that's awesome. Uh, he played guitar. He's doing very well now, but he went through a time period where he had a really bad off of health. He helped write this solo with behind the the lyrics and everything. And what it dealt with was his time going through rehab and his time going through the the insanity of being linked to a drug And then all of a sudden being linked to something that's telling him in order to get away from that drug, you need another drug, and that's called Jesus. So we we sat down, I was like, you know, this is one of those things where if you can get it out in music, and came out with this very passionate, uh, angry song that just, it it still, when I listen to it now, gives me goosebumps and, you know, sometimes I even
0: tear up a little bit. How do you delegate your time with, you know, so many different projects? It's
1: called control chaos. Okay. Um, it's
0: true.
1: It's, it's how I live my life. It's how I've always lived my life, so it works well. But I find that when I get a quiet moment to myself, I can only stand it for about an hour. You know, and it's a good little recharge, but I can't stand it longer than that. I'll fucking freak out if I have to sit there and be still because all that does Is makes me sit there and go, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) die (laughs) soon. And 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 that's low, I'm 43. It's not going to happen soon, soon. But in the whole Mm. grand scheme of things, it's fucking soon. And, And that's been such a driving force for me. And something that brings a lot of people fear, but brings me joy.
0: So I guess I guess where we'll go now is uh, is uh, so what leads you to the you know the remarkable solo project you know and it sounds so different than anything that you you did in the past I mean is this is this something where you know you sit down and you say you know I want to do something completely different or was this like completely organic to the point where these songs just kind of happened and took on a life of their own or how did how did the solo project come about? The solo project came about
1: um, as me finally getting over being a complete and utter pussy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll explain it this way. this way: I took a lull for a little bit, and I started a band called The Casting Out. Now, The Casting Out was supposed to be my solo project, but I chickened out and I got people to play with me. After The Casting Out was over, I started writing songs again that had sort of more of a darker bend to them. And when I decided to start again, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to get these guys in and start sort of a metal thing. I'm heresy. Once again, pushed out. This time, uh, so if you listen to um, Thy Will for my Am Heresy and you hear songs like Alarm or the song Before Thy Will that is more acoustic, dark song, mm-hmm. that's, that was supposed to be my solo stuff, you know? And that's, that's the sound of me chickening out. <laughs> <laughs> So so when I finally got to this, I went, fuck it, that's enough. That's enough. I'm 43 fucking years old. I need to grow up and do this shit. But here's the problem. When I write songs, I'm a, I'm a punk kid, so I write four-chord songs on an acoustic guitar, and it sounds like acoustic punk country, which has been <laughs> so done to death. So my first impulse was, okay, a lot of the stuff that I get inspiration from is this sort of dark neo folk. Like Death in June type of stuff. I am inspired by it, but I don't want to play exactly that kind of music. So, um, you know, how do I look at what I like and create something original? Because obviously, there's nothing wrong in the sun, but you do what you can. And and then I court, I got Dusty Dan, who is and he was like the industrial kid that hang out hung out with us. Right. Like, we're all punk hardcore kids, and you always had that weird friend that's not into what everybody else Yeah, was yeah. Uh, yeah, and he was the, the weird industrial goth kid. So I got in touch with him and I was like, let me send you a couple songs and can you send me back what you would do with them? He sent
0: them back and I was like, that's it. Is this the guy who did the Swallowing Filth remix on Wolves? Yeah.
1: sort of this um, Nathan Gray collective thing it basically is that night I I am the obvious figurehead of the situation
0: but he's the producer and engineer of the whole thing I wanted to ask you about the video so it's kind of a two shot question so uh, go you know can you explain that uh, what wolves is to you
1: within Satan you have uh, the four crown princes of hell which are of course archetypes Satan, Leviathan, mm-hmm. Lucifer and Bellia. Now these are all to symbolize human nature. And and I was thinking and and, and you'll see it on my Facebook page, I, I play around with the idea of goats, uh, goat Tuesday, Wolf Wednesday, uh, Serpent Sunday, and uh Friday. Yeah, I saw that I that's awesome. But uh, you know. So <laughs> well, it's it's just a fun thing to do on Facebook, but it has a deeper meaning and I, I will be bringing that forth a lot more in this music. I had come up with uh, the four carnal beasts, which are the, the owl, the serpent, the goat, and the wolf, uh, all to represent human nature. The wolf would obviously more symbolize rage. Rage, anger, passion, desire, that brute force of nature that we have inside us. That song depicts that, it, it, it puts forth that root rage, that desire, that longing to free yourself from, from whatever it is that's blocking you, whatever obstacles are in your path, to utterly eviscerate and destroy whatever it is that blocks you from being a better person to uh, indulging better in life to making the most of
0: who you are. One of my favorite songs off the album "Wayward Ghosts" and uh-huh. uh, the, the meaning behind that. And I mean, Nathan, when I saw the video to it, it's it's so subtle with the, with the little girl, yeah. but at the same time, it's saying so much. I mean, this is what I get from it. This is what I get. I watch it. Obviously, it looks like she's she's getting ready to to kind of come out of her cocoon. She's sharpening the stick. You know, and, and she's, she she puts the black flag on it, and when she runs, she goes off to the left path. She goes off yeah. the path to the left, and it looks, like, looks, at the, the yeah. it looks yeah. like at the end, she's attacking the church at the end. And somebody said to me, how do you know it's a church? I'm like, well, there's a graveyard right there, so it's probably a good possibility that there's a church. So, I mean, what's great about that is I, I love
1: what you just said about it, because everybody sees that final house as a different thing. And I think that's important to the song and to the video mm-hmm. is that everyone sees that as this uh, the spirit of youth within us all attacking what hurt us, yes. um, and that's the real message behind that song is going back and caring for that child that we once were. There's no movement in this.
0: There's no spirit to soon. What do we have in, in store for us for the, for the new solo stuff? I know that, that that sucks when somebody asks you that as an artist. It's like, oh, right. what are you going to do? But, I mean, I, are, we, are we are we on a continuation of the collective?
1: Well, I feel like it's a definite continuation, whether other people feel that or not. Uh, I feel it is. Now, I think that I'm reluctant to use the word heavier, uh, only because when you do that, people are going to expect a bunch of screaming and nonsense. Sure. There's more of a groove to it. There's a bit more of that dancey feel to it. Sure. Uh, while still retaining that darkness and heaviness. And I just we just really wanted to create an album, and I'll sort of give uh, insight into the idea behind this album and moving forward. This album is going to be called Until the Darkness Takes Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want the next four albums to be a journey and to be more a soundtrack than it is just an album. Uh, this first one, Until the Darkness Takes Us, is the beginning story of me or anyone uh, coming out of, I guess, religious oppression or self-imposed religious oppression and starting to realize that, wait a minute, this isn't right for me this isn't what I wanted, and all it's giving me is this shame and fear that's destroying and how one moves on from there. And then moving on through that, what I would like to do is with each album sort of move forward from that. So by the end of this album, you'll see someone who is finally self-identified. Moving into the next album will be more describing what that entails which is when I'll be bringing in these poor cardinal beasts I was talking
0: about, awesome. and
1: defining that person by these, these, uh, these different archetypes of human nature. Then past that, how one defines their, quote-unquote, kingdom, you know, uh, who they surround themselves with, uh, where they live, what they do, you know, that type of thing. And then the last album would be more towards looking towards the future. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it, man. I, I seriously, I cannot wait. Uh, do you plan on
0: touring on any of the solo stuff? Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: As soon as we figure out, you know, how we're putting out this album, how it's all going to go, um, I, I I hope to do a lot of hard touring. Awesome.
0: So, uh, favorite movies. He strike me as like a fever pitch kind of guy, like, like a guy that'd be really into Drew Barrymore.
1: But. <laughs> funny enough, I think that most of my movie collections would be very strange for people to hear, but, you know, right now, having a two and a half year old, um, I don't watch anything but, like, Planes and Rescue and whatever else right. craziness he watches, like animated movies. Recently, we put in a DVD, and I started watching this really funny animated film. Uh, for my son and went that is probably one of the more satanic movies I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's called Great Hero 6 and, and um, it was funny I was talking to a couple of people about it they're like shut the fuck up that's a kid's movie what are you talking about I was like no oh, no watch the movie again the, the self empowerment involved the usage of um, robots you know what I mean that was a big thing for Anton LaVey um, yeah coming into an age where, you know, things like sex robots, but obviously the cartoon is not about sex. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you are having, you know, a companion, a robot, robotic companion. And not only that, but it is the only movie I have ever seen, I think, where the rich businessman wasn't the fucking bit villain. Lively, is a huge one. Love it. Yeah. Love that fucking movie. Yeah, man. Uh, can't get enough of it. Can watch it three million times. You remind me of the babe.
0: with the power. Power.
1: Do, do, do. me of the I
0: my baby.
1: Favorite
0: books, Nathan.
1: Some of my favorite books are ones that now are coming back to us. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. That book in general, uh, the idea of firefighters burning books, and, and burning works to keep people happy. If this offends this person, burn it. If this offends this person, burn it. You burn it, then no one has to be offended. The beauty of that now, you know, in how uh, the, the, the culture of offense that we live in right oh, now and good. how important it is for people to not be offended anymore it is so important. And to look back and see that he wrote about this so fucking long ago. Christopher Hitchens made a huge impact on me. Uh, One of the best books I think that Christopher Hitchens ever wrote was Mortality. It was about him dying. He was dying of cancer, and he was writing a book as an atheist, documenting what was happening to him. And it was, it's a hard read. Like, you read it and you feel what he's going through. And, and, and the strength that that man had going through what he did is, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And then when you get to the end of the book and you realize that that book
0: ends unfinished. Uh, any chance on you doing a Heaven and Hell tour with Striper? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Thank you, Nathan, for joining us today on Morbid Minutes. I mean, this was an awesome interview. Love the music, man. I I, I cannot wait for more. You are a totally huge influence in in many ways, man. And thank you for, for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Nathan, again, and to all the listeners for all your listenings. For more on Nathan Gray, you can go to www.nathangraysongs.com. For more on Vance, vanceavage.com, me, leonardkenyon.com. Uh, keep listening. We're going to close out with the Swallowing Filth remix of Wolves from the Nathan Gray Collective. Darkness leads something darkness. Darkness leads something darkness.
1: To end it all, the ground swells with blood and soil from the land.